Good morning, and welcome to this Women in Funds podcast. I'm Will Mitchell, an associate in the London Funds and Asset Management team. And today, together with my colleague Emma Danforth, a partner in the same team, we will be interviewing Anna Budd and Ruth Jackson from Heinz Real Estate. Anna is a Senior Managing Director and Co-Head of Legal at Heinz, with responsibility for all legal operations outside the US, spanning Europe and APAC as well as overseeing legal support for Heinz's global investment management business. Anna plays a key role in Heinz's DNI efforts, most notably through her role as co-chair of the One Heinz Women's Network. Ruth is a deputy fund manager for the very successful flagship Heinz European Value Fund series, which manages circa 1.8 billion euros of equity across the first two funds and is fundraising now for its third edition, raising over 1.45 billion euros to date, with the final closing occurring in November. I recently returned from a comment times where I worked with both Anne on the legal side and Ruth on the business side, and having worked with both of them in their team as their external legal counsel, I'm really excited to be interviewing them today. Thanks, Will. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So diving into the first question, I appreciate that neither of you have originally a legal or funds background. Could you please share what made you choose a funds or legal career over any other industry? Shall I uh, jump in first? Um, so uh, yeah, when I graduated from uh, Cambridge with a geography degree, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do uh, a career. Uh, my father was in despair um, after waitressing for a long time, um, but I was very fortunate. I secured uh, two weeks work experience at uh, JNL and um, actually ended up staying for firstly a month with them and then that extended to six months. So um, really um, discovered the joy of um, real estate being tangible and uh, loved the work that they were able to give to me and, and just loved the culture and, and opportunity within that. And towards the end of that six months realized that real estate was absolutely where I could see myself and my career in the future. And so um, towards the end of that, I was very fortunate they uh, had a graduate scheme um, starting for September where they also uh, would potentially sponsor uh, candidates um, on a part-time course as well as uh, working for them. Um, and I was very fortunate to apply for that and secured a position to restart the following September uh, doing uh, the graduate rotation as well as um, studying for real estate as well. So that was kind of my start into real estate. Um, and since then, it's really evolved through um, opportunities that have come up. So at first I was predominantly working, I started in lease advisory, um, but transitioned into investment and development work in central London. And from there, I was provided the opportunity to move to Invesco real estate on the fund side. So much closer to the capital and the decision-making and also broadening beyond just pure real estate, but also covering all of the the debt and the funding and the tax uh, and legal position for a, um, running a fund. So uh, Invesco was a fantastic school for me in terms of learning about funds and real estate that also broadened my horizons beyond just central London to uh, pan-European role, um, which um, say was had an absolute ball uh, with Invesco. And then through contacts and knowing people at Heinz, actually when the opportunity came up to work at, at Heinz, um, and transitioned across uh, to Heinz on the Value Add Fund, which they Paul White had first uh, started raising back in 2017. So really 
came uh, to work alongside him to run and, and grow Fun Series, which um, is uh, now in its third uh, third um, fund. And we are um, currently out fundraising uh, for that today um, off the back of the first two funds, have about 1.8 billion of equity. And uh, the fund three is one point, just shy of 1.5 billion today and, and still fundraising uh, through the course of this year. So my, um, when I started my career, A, I wasn't sure whether it would be Renaissance first coming out of university, but quickly realized um, that that gave a lot of opportunity to find whatever your uh, skill and enjoyment and passion was within the industry um, and have really kind of followed my path from there through opportunities that have led me into my role today. And uh, from my perspective, so I had considered law as a career from sort of GCSE, so 16, um, but actually ended up doing biochemistry as a degree at university. Um, I really enjoyed science, um, but it was only in my final year that I felt I science probably wasn't a career for me. Um, so I started to come back to looking at a legal career um, in my final year and went to the um, legal fair at university. And if I'm honest, looks at the applications, which are the easiest. So one that needed a CV and a covering letter, and that was me done. Um, and looking back, I was very lucky to, to get a training contract with Simmons & Simmons, where I, I started with them after law school. Um, I always liked the idea that, that law was quite a structured career path, um, and it gave me two more years studying, which is never a bad thing. Um, so I qualified into the real estate department. Um, I think with my biochemistry degree, I'd been earmarked for intellectual property, but I decided to drop the intellectual and stick with the property. Um, but it was a bit of a surprise actually um, getting into real estate because it wasn't something I'd really considered, but it was only when I did my um, final seat in my training contract that I just really clicked with real estate. So ended up being um, a real estate, pure real estate lawyer for 10 years in private practice, first at Simmons and then at Clifford Chance, um, really doing everything to do with real estate, investments, developments, lettings, uh, financings, um, and then latterly in the second half of my career moved to BlackRock and that's when I first got into funds. Um, and now I'm not really sure what sort of lawyer I am, but um, I am called a funds lawyer at times, which um, I'm very proud of. I think when you reflect on your career, there are always a couple of kind of key points or decisions that really take you to where you are. So Ruth, you were talking about the JL um, internship you did for two weeks. Um, I think for me, it was kind of raising my hand to join the firm's Brexit working group and really forced me to do lots of new things. I had to hold my ground as quite a junior lawyer against lots of senior individuals in the industry who was, I was quite frankly, in awe of. <laughs> um, and also kind of doing lots of new things. Back in, what, seven years ago, recorded my first podcast, which we'd never done them before. We actually had to stick a little coffin box to do them at that point. So things have thankfully evolved a little bit. <laughs> but um, moving on to kind of you, I just thought if you could pick a few kind of key points in your career, what would they be or what were the decisions that really helped you to progress to where you are today? So maybe Ruth, if you want to go first. Yeah, I think um, I think there were a couple of moments. I think, yeah, first being given that opportunity at JLL and and just, you say, volunteering um, made a big difference. You know, they could throw anything at me and I was just happy to do uh, whatever you could. And I think that really just gave me the opportunity to then be said, come and join our, our graduate scheme. So um, absolutely, uh, completely agree with you, Emma. That is a key part, I think, of any career. And that's been throughout my career, volunteering or doing additional things or, or, or 
doing things outside your immediate role have always opened up doors and opportunities, um, which I think has been key. And I think um, I think then the the other key moments for me was sort of moving on from JLL, who were a fantastic learning ground for me, but having um, a lot of intellectual curiosity and kind of passion and drive and wanted to do more than I would be able to do within a, an advisory firm. Mm-hmm. And so I think having the courage um, and opportunity to kind of take that when the right opportunity came up, you know, with hindsight, my one might have said, well, maybe I probably should have left JNL sooner, um, but didn't quite have the confidence to do that. So I think anybody looking forward, I would say, have the confidence to back yourself to do that. And when I did do that, I actually realized that there's this whole other world to learn about and get to grips with and enjoy and, um, you know, build your career through that. And so that that was a very pivotal moment for me moving from an advisory role um, and having courage to back yourself to go and do a big new kind of scary challenge. But actually, it, it made a real step change difference in my career. I think I think my experience is very similar to Reese in that sense that I didn't have a big career plan as to how I was going to go from you know starting out to where I am now, um, and it's those moments of opportunity and and probably risk as well, which actually really do accelerate your career and take you in directions you you weren't expecting, but actually turn out to be you know the defining moments of your career. So I think for me. Um, having been in private practice for 10 years, I think I did actually get to the point where I I wasn't sure I wanted to even remain in the law. I mean, that sounds awful and I can't believe it now. Um, but I think I was a bit stuck in a rut and I was suddenly approached um, about a job at BlackRock to support their real estate funds business. And I'm ashamed to say I really didn't know that much about BlackRock, which looking back at it now is insane. Um, and... I didn't know much about the role and I, you know, just thought, well, I'll interview. I haven't interviewed for eight years, you know, I'll just see what's out there and really enjoyed the interview process, um, enjoyed the people I met and, you know, decided to, to take that, that leap. And it ended up being probably the best decision I ever made because I went from someone who um, was, I was good at what I did, but I wasn't necessarily enjoying it that much to somebody who I couldn't get enough of work. I was, I was, exposed to such a range of um of work like Ruth suddenly working across Europe working in funds um so many different experiences um and then being in-house as posting private practice I loved being on the business side um I realized that actually relationship building was a was one of my key strengths and I really you know got to leverage that more and more um in-house um and I, I I kind of it was less of a learning curve as a vertical line seriously but um, it, it was a fantastic experience and I think a real, really career-defining moment. And I feel like it was when my second career kind of took off. Um, and I guess, you know, again, moving to Heinz was also a pivotal moment. Um, again, it was a risk. Um, I was the first lawyer outside of the US, um, joined the business. I don't really not think that I knew what the role would be. I don't think Heinz really knew what the role would pan out to be, but it was like the stars aligned. My experience fitted really well with, with what Heinz needed and, you know, the rest they say is history. So yeah, I think it's those those risk riskier moments, but um, you know, then can really pay off. What was the value of mentorship in your career and when when is when is it the right time to ask for a mentor or become one? So um 
for me, this has become, uh, mentorship has always been very kind of a natural thing. I think it's not been, uh, I've not had sort of for many formal mentors. Um, it's been sort of natural relationships with uh, peers or, or seniors um, ahead of me in my career who supported me and been a, a sounding board um, for me, um, three. And I think, um, but I think they've always been good because it's great to get a different perspective on how you're feeling or how you're seeing things um, from someone you trust. Um, and I think that and the mentorship role it can be incredibly powerful in that regard. Um, and I think for uh, the, the experience for me with the one formal mentorship that I had was um, actually in a previous uh, company, not at Heinz, uh, and the mentor I was paired with um, actually, it, the relationship just didn't gel, didn't work, and it kind of felt forced. And actually, about four months into the kind of year-long mentorship program, uh, they, my mentor actually left the firm. So it just wasn't the right um, relationship and the right sort of trust and building up and kind of joint um, working together. And so I think that taught me a lot that actually whilst mentors can be very powerful, it also has to be with the right person and relationship and you, you kind of can't be forced um, because it just doesn't work in that regard so but I'd I think really they reiterate been... that Ruth as well because I think I actually dumped one of my uh, <laughs> reverse mentors and <laughs> not, you know and I think that you, you need to have actually the open mindness to do that because I just thought otherwise we'd be sat there for a year all both putting this time in and there just was there wasn't that connection there wasn't that relationship and um, it wasn't beneficial to either of us and it's not a failure I think actually Part of a mentorship is working out if it's not the right person and actually having the confidence to say no. Like in successful report, we both found better pair, <laughs> so we both kind of kind of better, better it up. But um, I think there is a big part, like you say, about making sure it is the right relationship because otherwise neither of you is going to get anything out of it. Yeah, I would I would definitely echo that. I think I think nowadays um, there are a lot more formal mentoring programs. I didn't have the benefit of that when I was younger. Um, but I definitely feel like I've developed mentoring relationships with certain people, generally people who I've worked with and then stayed in touch with. And whether they would consider themselves to be my mentor, I don't know, but I certainly value their, you know, their views. I trust them. Um, like we said, they're, they're great sounding boards. Um, but I do, th- I do think there is a lot to be said for the formal mentoring programs. I mean, Heinz, Heinz has a, has, has a program and I, I am a mentor on the program and you know have a couple of mentees who who I really enjoy working with but I I totally agree you you have to feel that personal connection you know the mentor needs to feel like they want the best time in their mentee and the mentee wants needs to feel that they're getting something out of it um and when in terms of your question about you know when's the right time to get a mentor personally I don't think you can start too early because you know, if you ever need a mentor you're not going to have that time to to build the relationship and build the trust so I think, you know, definitely advice is to, you know, seek out mentors early on so that they're around as and when you need them. And when is the right time to become a mentor? I think um, I've actually only recently started formally mentoring and I feel like I I know enough now <laughs> or I've, I've experienced enough to actually be able to impart some experience on other, to other people. Um, but I've got so much out of out of mentoring others. I think I've learned probably more from my mentees than they probably have from me. Um, so, so I definitely think it's a, you know, it's a really good thing to be involved in. And I think as well, that's drawn out the point that actually at different stages of your career, you potentially need different things. Um, I, think you, I think you referred to having several different sounding boards out there. 
And actually, I think having people who might not formally be a mentor and that you don't sit down every week, you know, every month and have a catch up with them, but who if a tricky situation comes up, you pick up the phone and ask those questions. I think it's about, if you're kind of thinking about mentoring, I suppose, yes, there is the formal side, but there's also actually who is your support network? Who are people you can kind of look up to, respect their opinion, and you think have your best interest at heart? And building up those people, because I speak to very different people depending on what the issue is and what I'm hoping to need from that. Yeah, we had a debate actually about whether it was better to have a mentor who was like you. So, you know, whether for me, a woman, a lawyer, or actually whether it was better to have a mentor who came from a very different, you know, experience. Um, and I, I think we concluded that probably be a mixture of both was um, was a good good balance to have. Um, and anyway, oh gosh, he's, he's probably going to be thrilled that I say this, but one of my key mentors is my husband, actually, you know, actually, you know, he, you know, we have come from very different walks of life, but, um, you know, I, I do find that, um, you know, we mentor each other a bit as well. You've touched but, on exactly what I was, I was thinking, Anna, was that you should be agile with the mentorship that you seek. And I think definitely something that Ruth and I, you've both talked about in your experiences when you moved on your different paths to Heinz was, was talking about the Heinz culture and how that gave you so many new opportunities. And I, even in the short six months at Heinz, I found that what shouldn't be underestimated is a culture that fosters those mentorship opportunities to pop up in unexpected, unexpected places. So having a, a workplace like Heinz and, and definitely Eno as well, that fosters kind of collaboration and looking for advice when you don't need a necessarily a framework to do it. And a framework obviously is, is, is hugely beneficial, but that that's thing that shouldn't be underestimated and is leads people to grow in both sides of the relationship. I know we're just talking about mentorship from uh, your position as senior senior mentors, but it's definitely a, a dialogue that's really helpful, I think. I think what's really, what you would draw out there, Will, as well, is actually another benefit of formal mentorship programs are actually, you know, people understand what they are, how they work. So alongside that, you kind of see the other opportunities if somebody's coming you for advice, or if you think you can give some value, I think you're a much better place to kind of set that relationship up. And equally, as a mentee, you're kind of much more confident, I think, in reaching out to people for that support. So that's another really valuable kind of aspects of having formal schemes. And moving on to kind of our next question, I think um, to the Women in Funds podcast, and I think women have, you know, very different experiences in the industry. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that it, you know, it is a male-dominated industry, although um, that's the, it's not slightly changing and um, seeing more and more female faces. And have you ever faced any particular challenges as a, a lawyer or professional and how have you dealt with them? And do you have any particular advice for women professionals on how to thrive in what is still kind of male-dominated industry? So I think, for me, you know, there, ha- there has certainly been a shift in my career about how many women are in, in business and in real estate and why so the bands. But I think I've never felt that it's sort of held my career back or closed doors or opportunities for me. Um, of course, there has been instances where uh, being a woman has put me in a situation that I've had to deal with and manage and, and that just have to deal with that. And I think... I think that cuts across anybody. I think there's always moments in your career business where you have to deal with something that's not, you know, easy and comfortable uh, and it's not perhaps your pref- preference. But um, I've, if it's never felt, being a woman, I've never felt like it's held me back. And I think it's given a different dimension to a workplace or a team or a business meeting that actually I've been able to benefit from or uh, we've got something more out of it because perhaps... The clients had a woman on the other side or it's been a different perspective has been beneficial. So um, try, 
don't think too much about it. Um, I'm aware that that's changing, but I think it is very positive. And we have seen a big change since I first started my career um, within real estate. And I think, um, you know, for anybody coming through today, you know, I don't think anybody needs to conform to kind of white middle class male to succeed. There's lots of diversity that can be beneficial. And I think, you know, what I've found uh, through those challenges has been actually being myself and having my own identity has always held me in much better stead than trying to be someone that I'm not. Um, and so I think, you know, being focused on being great at what you do and looking for those opportunities and, you know, focusing on those and the opportunities and benefits that being having your perspective bring is a great kind of way to treat anybody's career. And so, yeah, I guess for me, I've never felt it's held back. And if it, if I've been in situations where things have been held back, I've either shifted it or you need to think quite carefully if you're in the right company or career path. And I think that that's a kind of bigger shift, but I've always been very fortunate at the companies that I've worked with. They've been kind of supportive and open and encouraging of, of women who, you know, want to make, uh, make and succeed in their careers. Race is a tough act to follow. <laughs> Next question, I'm going first. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think Ruth's, Ruth nailed, nailed the answer really. And um, I don't, I, w- I wouldn't really say very much different. I think, um, you know, like Ruth, I, I don't feel like being a woman has held me back. And I think, you know, law is probably uh, more diverse than maybe real estate has been historically. Um, but yeah, there were moments in my career where, you know, I've had to navigate some challenges, um, but I've managed to do so. I think Reese raised a really good point about, you know, you need to find a, a firm and an environment that you feel comfortable and being yourself is, you know, I'm probably going to mention it a few times, but, you know, the power of authenticity, being able to show up at work and just be yourself, it takes a lot of effort to um, to try to be something else and, and you can't focus all your efforts on, on your main, you know, job. Um, so I don't think women should try to be men because we're not. And I think if we can, you know, look at the um, attributes that we have, and I think everybody should do this, not just women, but, you know, think about what your key strengths are and place your key strengths, whether you're a man, woman, whoever. Um, and I think, um, you know, we've come, if you look back at the last hundred years of women in work, we've come such a long way. And I don't think, you know, there has ever been such a good time to be a woman. So I think we should definitely celebrate that yes there's more to be done and I think you know there's more focus on on a gender balanced workforce and I think there's uh, great strengths to to that as well um but I think you know my advice is you know be yourself and stay true to you um and and just do a good job <laughs> thanks very much Ruth and Anna just to move on looking I know you've talked already a little bit about your your roots and your your current careers and current positions but Looking back and summarizing, what what advice would you potentially give your younger selves? Is there anything you regret doing or not regret doing when you were younger? Looking back on your careers, Do you want to take that one again, Reese? You're so sure. great. I knew you probably didn't really regret. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think if I could go back and give my younger self some advice, it would be to learn to speak up and have my own voice sooner in my career and have the confidence to. To, to have that voice um you know we we especially on the the fun side you know you need to have and you think about ideas and reasons and rationale and you need to be able to voice those and have a conversation and 
find your path through in order to execute on strategies. So, you know, having the courage and voice to do that earlier in my career, it's something that I wish I had um, done sooner. Um, and then I think the other thing which we talked about earlier as well is uh, I think what I've always found brilliant is, yeah, volunteering for things that are outside your immediate role, still getting your job done and doing it well, but, you know, being open to those possibilities and options uh, beyond that. Um, in terms of regrets, I think, as I said, I think it, for me, looking back at my career, I probably should have moved on from JLL sooner, but at the same time, I don't regret a moment of being there, so to speak. I learned a huge amount and it was a great path for me. But I think if you think, would you, could you have changed sooner? I think that probably would have been the right move for me earlier in my career, but um, no regrets as to where I've ended up today. And that, you know, kind of the path has led me here. So I have no regrets in that regard. I keep thinking you're going to break into Frank Sinatra when you talk about regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to sing. I want to hear you sing. Don't worry. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, I think I think confidence is a really good one, and Ruth's already mentioned it. And I think maybe this is something that women, um, you know, suffer a little bit more from. Um, and I think I don't think I was confident enough in my abilities when I was younger. I don't think I spoke up enough, um, which is ironic because many people will tell you now that um, I don't shut up. So, I think I might be making up for lost time. Um, and I think. Um, where I said it earlier, but the power of authenticity, I think, is so strong. It's only, you know, genuinely, probably in the last six years, probably since joining Highs, I really feel that I can just be myself and not, you know, people have to take me for what they find. And I think that's made me more confident. It's made me, um, you know, probably better at what I do. Um, but I think also it's one thing I've learned is finding that organization where you feel at home and that you have a really good fit with. Um, I think I I probably have always been somebody who's been in a bit of a rush in my career. So I would tell myself that it's a marathon and not a sprint and have patience, it will come. Um, so so that'd be a good one. Take risks because like we said before, I think risks are defining points, or taking risks, sorry, are, can be defining points in your career. Um, so don't be afraid to, te- to step outside your comfort zone. Um, and I think the last thing is, you know, enjoy what you do like you know life is supposed to be fun and if you're not enjoying it then I think you need to rethink whether what you're doing is the right thing um and find something you're passionate in because I think then again like if you're enjoying it and you're passionate about it then you're actually going to want to be there um and in terms of regrets I think I'm lucky I don't have that many regrets because I think you know where I have ended up I'm really happy with so why would I regret anything I think the one thing I um I'm not sure it's a regret, but it's an observation is I think I actually jumped ship too early from my first firm. So when I was at Simmons and Simmons, I, I left after two and a half years post-qualification and I totally underestimated how much goodwill and buy-in I had. And it was only when I moved, I realized that, oh, actually you don't get that everywhere and you have to really work for it. And it's quite special. So I don't think it's a regret, more of a, more of an observation. I think one bit I'd grow out of that is really the confidence because I think any of the trickier times I've had in my career, I think I've often thought other people were doing things for reasons that must be they hate me or they want to block me. And actually, I think most people, like you say, are just busy. And a lot of things that happen are just thoughtlessness. And so I think you know, the observation I always have is actually do have that confidence to ask the question or speak up. And so actually, you know, why am I not included on this? Or actually, why can't I come to that meeting? 
because we always think from our perspective it's a much bigger deal than it is but actually when you raise the question someone's like oh great idea I, I didn't think of it before you were originally on the invitation and I think you can avoid lots of these things snowballing in your own mind by just being more confident and speaking up. I think also actually Emma you've, you've um, raised a, a point that I was thinking about which is um, like everybody goes through the same things but often we think we're the only one going through it and actually that's what I found by mentoring other you know, more junior uh, people is that what they talk to me about, I'm like, but I felt exactly like that. I still feel like that. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, it's perfectly normal. And I think we're probably not good enough at, at, at sort of speaking out and sort of going, it's normal to feel like this. Or I feel like this. Or, um, and I think that you know, gives people a lot more sort of confidence and comfort that they're not the only ones that are going through whatever it might be. Absolutely. Um, I think we're then coming on to our last couple of questions. And so I think we've all talked about how you know, culture is very important. Um, and I think one challenge in the workplace at the moment is actually you're having you know, multiple generations spanning the same workforce with obviously very different experiences and perhaps quite different approaches to work. I just wondered if you could spend a few moments saying, you know, if that's something you see in Heinz and you know, how you think you can best address that dynamic. Yeah, so um, I don't, I, I'll go first on this one. <laughs> um, so... I think, I mean, Heinz obviously um, had three generations of the Heinz family in the organization at one time, which is, which was amazing in itself. Um, and I think, you know, we do, we are seeing different generations. And for this question, I actually gave it some thought and asked some of the, the younger generations within my workplace what they thought, because I was intrigued. And I think the, one, the first thing to, to say is that, you know, generational differences are, um, you know, it, it's it's diversity and inclusion, isn't it? It's just a different perspective and realizing that we have a lot to learn from whether it's an older generation or a younger generation. Neither's right, neither's wrong. It's different perspectives. Um, and I think where where my discussion concluded was actually good old fashioned face to face meetings, getting to know people, building relationships. However much technology we have in the future, I think you know, building those relationships and understanding people is going to underpin so much of what we do. Um, and so just taking taking the time to do that. Um, but also being open-minded and being inquisitive and not thinking that the older generation is past it and don't have anything to teach us. And equally, not feeling like the younger generation is, you know, all new and doesn't know anything. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't have an answer, but I think we should try and embrace it as opposed to see it as something that's, that's um, dangerous or bad. Um, Ruth, I don't know if you've got anything to add. No, I think um, I think that's exactly right. And I think, you know, the great thing about us being somewhere like in Pines is whether it's cross generations or actually what I find is cross business sectors. So whether it's a construction person or, you know, a transactional or law, for example, the great thing about being uh, in a very diverse culture and workplace is that you can pick up the phone or get to know people or continually learning and benefiting from those different perspectives or different experiences and expertise and I think that is a very powerful thing if you're able to benefit from that both within your career but also as a business it, it really provides a deep strength um, for the business to be able to have all of those um, yeah, expertise and opinions and differences that they can bring together and you get the best out of it. I love that question. It always reminds me of The Intern. If you guys have ever watched that film with Robert De Niro, Anna, what you were touching on about Christopher and No, but I need to watch it. You've reminded me. It's a great movie. 
we were talking about that the other day and I haven't watched it. But def- definitely, definitely something to learn from, from, from the various generations and that, that going back to the mentorship discussion as well, that's something that definitely requires that face-to-face contact and all the, all the things you can learn in person, just going to someone's room or having a, a conversation that doesn't have any of the barriers that technology might present for all the, all the advantages that it, that it poses. There's also some drawbacks. So that's, that's really interesting that you touched on that point. So Anna, Ruth, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I found it, and I'm sure Emma as well, has found it really interesting to hear about your experiences, and I'm sure our listeners will do as well. So thank you again. So thank you so much for having us. It's been, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much. It's been great, great to catch up with you guys and hear some more, and learn more about Anna, who um, <laughs> is great. You too. <laughs>